Well, Rachel, this is amazing to have you here. Um, everyone, welcome to the Size Eyes podcast and the Casually Profound series. We're amazingly here at Defined Coffee, a gem of a spot here in yeah. the Huntersville area. So thank you, for Ra- thank you Rachel, for coming out and um, being, being here and being present. Yeah, no, it's my pleasure. Thank you for sharing me with your audience. Yeah. Um, yeah, something I like to start off with is anything that we're um, grateful for, just to have put us in that uh, attitude of gratitude. Yes. Oh, I love that. Um, I think what's really present for me as far as gratitude goes is it keeps coming up is this, I feel like I'm in the flow. Um, if I'm busy or if something is going on that maybe I didn't choose and I'm feeling frustrated about it, it just feels like there's just an ease to it, um, a little relaxation into it, a little surrender into it. And it feels so much better than how I was operating before. And it just feels very present for me this week. So that's what I'll say. Feeling gracious and, and grateful for the flow, feeling easy. Awesome. I yeah. love that. Um, already, already taking some notes on what to ask. So, <laughs> um, yeah, for me, I really um, am grateful for the opportunities that have been provided um, after leaving my full time job. Mm. Just having an open calendar, in a sense, yes. to have these opportunities that are now I'm more open to receive instead of having to pick and choose. Mm-hmm. It's like say yes, say yes, say yes, and then eventually say no. So I'm really grateful right. for um, opportunities that are coming into my life, um, and ones that I'm seeking as well. So just overall time and space and Mm. energy to do that. Freedom. Exactly. Freedom. Yeah. (laughs) Amazing. So, uh, you're no stranger to meditations and visualizations. So, um, I'd love to do one. We probably don't do one in a conversation, but this is, (sighs) we can close our eyes. and relax. Sinking deeper into our breaths. In and out. Deep breath in. And deep breath out. Deep breath in, deep breath out. Relaxing everything from our head, our neck, shoulders, chest, hips, knees. Feet, toes, everything fully relaxed, feeling at ease and feeling in flow. And from this relaxed state of mind, you can imagine at the end of this conversation the end of this morning, feeling like we just had one of the most amazing conversations ever, new ideas created, connections strengthened, and fully present in the conversation, ready to take that energy the rest of this day and this weekend. Soak in that feeling for a quick moment. And when we're ready, we can come back to Huntersville, North Carolina, and defined coffee.
<laughs> oh, I, I love doing know. meditations. I know. I don't know how people function to do anything productive without first a centering moment. I just don't know. It's gotten so habitual for me that it feels off not to do that. It just ah makes everything better. Yeah, I want to normalize that. Yeah, normalize uh, it. Yeah. Normalize <laughs> a centering moment. <laughs> love it, love it. Yeah. Um, well, Rachel, the first question I want to ask is, who do others think Rachel Wald is? Oh, I think others think I am um, dynamic, passionate, um, enthusiastic. Um, I think they probably think I'm more grounded than sometimes I might be <laughs> internally um, and, and loving and um, purpose-driven. Mm, those are good answers. Lots of oh. adjectives. Yeah, is? well, I, I um, didn't cheat for this podcast, yeah. <laughs> but I uh, was in a mindset coaching program a few years ago, and she actually had us ask our circles, like, what do you think of me when I, like, what energy do I bring when I enter a room? Um, and when you think of Rachel, what do you think of what comes to mind? So I have a Google document that has all these adjectives in it, and it has been such a blessing and a touchstone because anytime I start in on negative self-talk or feeling kind of lost and needing some clarity, I need to remind myself who I am. And I go to that Google Doc and I'm like, that's right. I am compassionate. I am kind. I am thoughtful. I am creative, you know. So a little bit of cheating a few years ago, but. <laughs> Love that. Well, I don't think that's cheating. I think that's, uh, <laughs> I would say that's be prepared for a test. There you that go. you don't know the test is coming Yeah, for. that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but is that something that, I'm curious about that. Like, yeah. is that something that um, you did feel or you didn't feel as uh, like centered in on or narrowed in on like, hey, this is how, these are the adjectives, these are the words that I would describe myself like before and after yeah. that exercise and that coaching. Yeah, I mean, I've always been personally develop, development minded, honestly, even growing up and, and younger, but um, didn't really think of myself in terms of adjectives and describing myself in that way. I, before that exercise and before that mindset coaching program, I really, you know, defaulted to what a lot of us do, which is the roles that I serve. Oh, I'm a mom and I'm a speech pathologist and blah, blah, blah. And then I realized, well, I am not those things. Those are the things I do. And I embody my full self in those roles, but that's not who I am at the core. Um, and the mindset coaching allowed me to change perspective that way and feel comfortable describing myself in those true, authentic adjectives. And then my own work that I do with my clients, also, you, you know, too, when you work with other people, you're learning so much about yourself, too. And they, your clients are giving you just as much as you offer them. And so working with clients and doing mindfulness and meditation, um, I have really honed in on a few of those authentic kind of North stars is what I call them or, or a code or value system that um, I feel like I embody and that makes me feel good and who I truly am at the core, not just surface level. Mm. What are some of those values that values yeah. and um, Freedom, definitely. I am a fiery Aries person, very independent, um, very headstrong, assertive, um, confident most of the time. <laughs> um, and I need freedom to create and to start new things and to collaborate and um, to dream and, and use my imagination. So freedom is definitely a code for me. Um, ethics, I have strong values of what I think is right and how I operate. Um, and authenticity is part of that. Um, so I'm mindful about, um, you know, where I spend my money and my time and my effort and making sure it's aligned with sustainability and how um, companies might treat their employees and how people are treating each other is very core to me, that mission-driven, more integrated in, in regular life. Um, creativity, too, creation, expression, those things are huge core values of mine, huge expressions of my authenticity. Um, and the way these things express is really through everything I do and, and I am. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess there's different layers. I present, 
you know, certain ways in certain environments, especially when I'm like on purpose on fire talking about stuff I love. Um, I can get really excited and going and talk about it for 24 hours. Um, and, you know, in other aspects, I can be very grounded and mindful and, and hold space for heavy things and, and um, not be swayed too much by emotion. But, um, yeah. Lovely. That's, yeah, freedom has, I think, mentioned it in the gratitude section as well. It's like, yeah. it's, uh, I found it to be, a big piece for me as well. Yeah. I didn't know it was a value until I realized I wasn't free. Right. And then through experiences, I was like, oh, this is now something that I really value because I've experienced the other side of it. Exactly. Um, and, yeah, and not in contrast. A, exactly. Mm -hmm. And so it, through no one's like fault per se, but it's no. like, it's just, um, it just kind of happened, right? Yeah. And so, yeah, I've really, I've kind of divided it up into like a few different types of freedoms. Right. Because um, there's like financial freedom, mm -hmm. there's emotional freedom, um, there's time freedom, mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, and just I think space freedom as well, spatial yeah. freedom, um, being able to travel or being in a space that you want to be. Yeah. And so like right now I'm prioritizing time freedom. Right. Um, even though I may not have, you know, millions of dollars, it's like yet. <laughs> yes, there you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's. You know, like, okay, am I spending, the, is my calendar free in the sense right. of, am I doing everything that I want to do right. and be? Uh, I guess I'd love to hear more about how you, the journey of freedom for you, mm. how you realized that was of a value. I have always, as a child growing up and everything too, had my own ideas of ways I needed to operate. That independence came on pretty strong. Um, as a young child, but um, as a child, you don't feel like you have freedom. You know, you don't really understand that your parents can see a view you can't see um, and that maybe your ideas of freedom aren't the best for your highest good that your parents can appreciate and try to guide you for. So I, I felt very restricted um, and my parents were good about allowing me to explore a little bit. Um, they're also, you know, I'm a child of the 80s and that 80s parenting is very much you know, um, I, you know, what I say goes and punishment and no feelings allowed to be expressed and that kind of parenting. So emotionally, I did feel restricted. I, like I said, I'm, I'm a pretty fiery, passionate person, can have a temper, um, can be very expressive in various ways. And so I definitely um, did not feel that freedom either. And then and growing up um, as a young adult and then, a, you know, um, young professional, I felt more of the money freedom and the time freedom because I was, you know, single making money and, and being able to allocate where that money goes and what time I'm spending without having to consult many people other than my friends that I wanted to be around or someone I was dating or something. Um, and emotionally, it was not super triggered. Um, and then once I, you know, got married and, and got into that communion and then started having kids, another level of constriction came because I was changing roles. My whole, my whole sense of self, all of my roles were totally changing. And, um, I didn't really feel like I had the skills to, uh, grow in grace with that. <laughs> um, uh, you know, consulting with my husband around finances and stuff is pretty, you know, mainstream, typical issues. You know, he's got ideas, I've got ideas. We got to come to a compromise and work together on what we think is best for our family and all of that. Um, and then, you know, with kids, that's been the hardest container to find my freedom. And I feel like I've finally gotten there, feeling a little more in my self-worth, in my own power to ask for help when I need it, ask for support when I need it, seek out support when I need it. I mean, it's a work in progress, definitely. But, um, you know, mothers these days don't have the village as we used to. We don't have coverage at work. Um, Childcare is always an issue and it's a financial constriction as well. And gender roles, um, although, you know, I think we're evolving all of these things in, in a good way, uh, still feel pretty constricting to most moms, I would say. I mean, I hate to generalize, but, um, so working with that, and I have a lot of points of privilege um, financially with, um, you know, our family set up. So 
it's a systemic issue beyond just my perspective. But it's um, finally coming around where I feel like, at least with my view and my circumstances, I've been able to tap into my personal power to access the support I need for more freedom. And I'm feeling way more comfortable now in that role as a mom. I mean, I've been doing it for eight years, so it's been quite, <laughs> quite a journey too. I have three small children, and so it changes with every kid that you introduce. And we moved, and so you know, there's been a lot of shifts that can either like accelerate that or constrict you more and give you more clarity on what you really want moving forward in that type of relationship and coming to grips with that role. So um, it's definitely been a process, and it's funny. I use a tool, as you know, as human design, and one of my um, biggest energies in my chart, which is a visual of how your how your energy works, kind of describes your personality in an energetic way, um, is all about control. And so it's been so funny that freedom is my biggest value, probably because I am learning and evolving and growing with um, working with control. And what does that look like? Mm. Yeah, it's it's amazing to see uh, something that I've noticed. I don't know. This is a theory, so I don't know if it's actually proven or not. But like, like what we didn't receive as children mm -hmm. is kind of what we want seek as adults. Yeah. Um, and so it's like maybe I felt like I wasn't heard or wasn't um, uh, didn't feel free. Yeah. Like growing up and to no fault of, no, of parents no. or anyone else. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it just is. Right. Uh, and now it's like maybe I just want to be free and exploring, you know, different things. And so yeah. it's like um, maybe I didn't I felt restricted growing up. So then it's like the opposite, the I guess the opposite or the complementary value yeah. Yeah. is kind of shows through. Right. Um, is that something that you felt? I mean, you, you mentioned freedom of control. Is there any other? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely see that, you know, the friction and resistance that we get presented with in our life is definitely, in my point of view, here to teach us something or we can use it for that. It might not feel worth it, <laughs> um, but we can look at situations that are bringing up resistance and ask ourselves, like, what can this teach me? How can I grow through this? Um, how can I evolve through this? That's another part of my energy chart is to always be growing and evolving and expanding in that way. So it's easier for me to get in that mindset because it's a core you know, need of mine too, to always keep growing. Um, so I definitely see, I mean, I think it's a gift, you know, the experiences that I've had in my childhood and I've had some trauma too. I was in an accident when I was really little and we had a move that was pretty significant for me and, and you know, different points of things that are, deep in your subconscious that have been written, you know, as a child that now through my healing journey, um, I'm coming around to and healing and freeing up energetically and subconsciously some of the things that I didn't even know were restricting me my whole life. Um, but then came to know with my healing journey and now feel like I've released a lot of that as well. So I think it's a gift um, for me and my circumstance, at least to be able to have that experience as a child, all those experiences as a child, have the amazing parents I've got, um, and then be able to use that as a point of growth and expansion and learning, you know, as I get older. Gotcha. Is, uh, in terms of that, that growth is how have, I guess, being a parent, being a partner, all these different roles, um, that you hold, how have those contributed to that, that journey? I mean, those have been the biggest refiner of my soul. Marriage and motherhood have been, yeah, the biggest refiner of my soul. Always an opportunity to check back in with myself and say, am I showing up the way I want to show up? Um, how can I do this in my authenticity? Um, and how can I show these kids and raise them consciously? And how can I be a conscious partner and respect and, and love and show up with compassion with my partner, even when, you know, I'm triggered in my body? Like, what are the tools I can use to be able to um, live authentically as that? Um, I have a lot, again, referencing my human design chart and gene keys and astrology, all these tools that I use to kind of describe how my energy works. Um, family is all is all in my chart as well as far as being the catalyst for a lot of the growth um, and healing of ancestral lines and, and all of that. 
Um, so it feels very purposeful to be in the family. It feels, um, you know, it, it was pretty uncomfortable at first. I mean, I w we were living in Chicago when we had our first kid. Um, my husband was in a very high pressure job, going to business school part time and on the weekends. I had postpartum depression. My son had colic. It was just a high stress situation. Um, and at the time I was miserable and uh, didn't get the help I needed and um, felt pretty abandoned by everything, I think. Um, very much fell through the cracks of healthcare system. And not that there's a lot of structure around new moms anyways, but, um, but it was a huge catalyst. It was a huge catalyst for growth um, and a huge, you know, touchstone as far as, you know, strength and resilience and wow, you got through that and, you know, no, you couldn't access the support then, but now you've learned how to do that and you know the, the signs and symptoms of anxiety and depression and, and how to move through those and seek mental health care and counseling and medicine if needed and all these other holistic healing tools that I find very helpful, like Reiki and meditation and things. So um, it's hard to look back at tough times and say that um, I don't like them or something like that, because I do feel an immense amount of gratitude for being able to come out on the other end with all of those strengths and refinement and, and growth and expansion, because now I feel way more confident and secure that when, right, when something else really hard happens, that I will have the tools or at least trust myself to seek out support when I need it. Mm, I love that. Yeah, when you're talking about the, how marriage and motherhood have been some of the driving forces for that, mm -hmm. for that process and journey. It's, uh, it's similar on, on my end as well. Yeah. It's, um, a few years ago, my brother, so he's a, uh, like practicing like hypnotherapist. Okay. Um, and so like he had some like in-person stuff that he needed to do to get the training and the, yeah. the certification. And one of the things was about like, there was his physical space and like, his eyes were closed and he had you know, guided by energy and stuff like that. Um, and there were some, like there were uh, people there who were also there to get their certification, but then they were playing the roles in that specific setting of my, of me oh, right, and my right. parents. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. And so like, you know, navigating that. Yeah. Um, and immediately after that, like, I, you know, th this was in California, you know, he was on, you know, by himself there. I was in Charlotte at the time. Yeah. And like immediately after that, um, on his end, I texted him like, hey, um, I think we need to have a family conversation. Wow. Yeah, yeah. you felt moved. <laughs> yeah, I was like. Because the energy, we're all connected that way. It's, it's truly amazing. It's a miracle, really. Um, we are all connected by these little invisible strings of energy. And when you get an impulse to text your brother about that and you followed through, you are participating in this whole connected game um, that we're all playing here. So never, never skip an impulse to text somebody if you get it. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah. yeah, in terms of that impulse, intuition, guidance, however you view it, mm -hmm. um, how, how do you lean into that? Oh my gosh, it's like my favorite thing right now to talk about. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> um, I've, I feel like I've, <laughs> I've answered all of your questions with this disclaimer, but I feel like I've always known that I've been intuitive since I've been younger and then growing through it, but didn't have words around it necessarily. Um, you know, gut instinct, I guess I would always call it, but I would have these um, knowings before things would happen. I would make decisions with my gut that felt really right, even if they didn't make sense. Um, information would just like kind of drop in about someone else and then they would disclose that information. I'm like, how is, what is happening? What is this? Um, and I grew up in a uh, Christian uh, family environment as far as religious faith goes and um, a Protestant kind of Christian upbringing. And the only term or like concept around that would be the Holy Spirit inside of our bodies that connects us to the greater God, the connected God. Um, and then there were, you know, parts of the Bible that would talk about spiritual gifts and, and, you know, 
knowing and psychic and healing and that kind of thing. But I feel like it was just kind of like a, a little blurb. And then it's like, oh, but don't really do that because then we're going to think you're a witch and weird and like that's wrong or that's of the devil. And so it always intrigued me, but I didn't feel the freedom to explore those things, um, even though I, I did feel kind of a stirring in my soul to explore those things until I was um, a younger adult, a working professional, and the impulses would just be more obvious to me. Um, I remember having lunch with a, um, a friend, a supervisor, and we would meet in the middle of our two hospitals and have lunch. And um, as soon as I saw her, I was like, oh, you know, she's getting a divorce or something like that. Like some sort of piece of information, personal information that we didn't really disclose that much. Like we weren't close friends. We were just meeting up, you know, for lunch. And she was talking to me during lunch and she was like, well, you know, we're getting a divorce, blah, blah, blah. And these things kept coming like that. I was like, oh my gosh, what is happening? Um, and I would feel um, like I would have these prophetic dreams. Um, after my grandmother died, she visited me in a dream. And it wasn't she was in my dream and I just knew like she was I was dreaming about her. It was like her spirit energy was in my dream. And I saw her sitting on a screen and porch and um, I looked on like, what are you doing here? You're dead. And she just started laughing. And, you know, that soul heart to heart recognition. It was that in my dream. I'm like, you cannot convince me otherwise that that was not actually her essence coming to visit me in the subconscious altered state of dreaming. Right. And that's happened to me many times with people that have passed away um, since opening this up a little bit and recognizing that I have certain gifts that I um, use my intuition to tap into, to experience things that you can't see, but you can feel and hear. And um, so I could talk for hours about certain circumstances like that. Like um, I went to the University of Kentucky for college. And as soon as I got on that campus, I had a full body yes. I knew it was my college. There was no, like I hadn't, I hadn't walked the campus. I hadn't been indoctrinated into the University of Kentucky yet, like a lot of Kentuckians are. Um, I didn't have that predisposition to love it. I just knew as soon as I walked there, I wanted to go there. So those like full body yes feelings, I call my intuition, it's a gut response. It's also my human design authority, it's called sacral authority, talking about your sacral chakra um, in your gut that is supposed to help you make decisions that way. And it's just that your body and those extra sensory inputs giving you the guidance as long as you are paying attention to it and open to it and follow it and show yourself that it is actually helpful and it's actually working for you. Um, and so those things have happened my whole life, but really the past probably four or five years, uh, probably five years now, I've been putting more focus on expanding my intuition playing with my intuition, using it in almost everything I do, and definitely with my decision-making. Since I saw that that was my human design, I was like, oh, of course it is, because I've been making big decisions with my gut my whole life, and it's gotten me exactly where I needed to go, um, even when it didn't maybe logically make sense. So it's, um, it's one of my favorite things to do is, like, receive an intuitive hit or, like, an impulse and then follow through with it and see the magic that can unfold if you allow yourself to to believe outside the box. Mm, love that. Have you seen, as you've, I guess, practiced feeling that intuition or those sacral feelings, have you seen more of them happening? Oh, like, yeah. Because, like, for for example, um, the founder of Mind Valley, yeah, Vishen Lakhiani, yeah, he like talks about. Um, like when you have an intuition, when you have an intuitive hit, when you follow it, and then when you have gratitude afterwards for mm. like when it comes true. Ooh, that just gave me chills. Right. <laughs> That's one of my inputs. Yeah. 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 So it's like when he does that, he, he says, the more you know, grateful you are for those things, the more yeah. often it'll happen and the larger the magnitude it'll happen. Exactly. And so I'm curious to hear if that's been the case. Oh, 100%. In, yeah. It's almost a daily occurrence now. Um, it's also a thing of not only is gratitude such a strong, powerful emotion, a high vibration emotion, uh, it signals to the greater you know, universe like, oh, Rachel wants to experience more of that. Okay, let's send her more of that. Yes, I think that's where he's coming from with that. I also think that you have to release a lot of conditioning around intuition and what it looks like and what it feels like and what it can give you um, to be able to have access 
to that. So I think, yes, gratitude is an important piece of that growing, growing your intuition. But I think the other ones are just as important. You, you, you know, we always, we all have limiting beliefs um, in our mind and our mindset, but also the conditioning around us, as I was speaking to earlier, you know, in my, um, you know, upbringing, there was a little bit of like, oh, that's not okay to tap into your intuition. It's not okay to feel those body feelings and, and follow through with them if it doesn't make sense. Um, because our, our larger world too is very stuck in the mind. It's very logical. There's not a whole lot of room for, for the art of intuition and using that in mainstream language. I mean, we can all probably find a bunch of billionaire found founders that will credit their gut instincts and intuition for where they've gotten, you know, from, but it's not as widely accepted as a decision maker necessarily. So I think if you can work with yourself, be patient with yourself and compassionate with yourself and ask yourself, like, what are some beliefs around my intuition? Does it always have to look like a gut feeling? Not to me. Um, intuition speaks to me through signs. If I am thinking constantly about a certain thing and then I start seeing it in my environment, like, oh, okay, this is grabbing my attention. I need to follow through with this. Um, it's a chill down the body. Like when you said that, that totally resonated with me and I got chills down my body. That to me is my intuition. Like, oh, okay. I need to pay attention to this. Um, and it definitely speaks to me with my gut intuition, but it's also a drop in of knowledge too. Like those little instances I was telling you where I just get a sense that something about something, someone else is happening or something like that. Um, so the, your intuition, as long as you can ask for it, right. Um, it's a muscle, it's a practice. You do have to start somewhere, wherever you are and, and meet yourself there and practice with that and then allow yourself to open your mind and heart to other ways to receive that intuitive information. Um, and then, then source and your guides and your, your spirit squad out there is happy to come on in and give you more support and guidance and evidence in your physical world that you're on the right track. You're having that support. And then it is a momentum builder. I mean, it's like, the moss on the rock rolling down the hill. Once you get it going and you ask for the support from your intuition and you allow your mind and heart to open, you can really start receiving on a consistent basis with practice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So how does someone who, let's say they don't know what intuition feels like. Yeah. Um, and they've already always made, let's say decisions based off the logical mind. Like, Hey, I need to make a pros and cons list. I need to do all these things. Yeah. Um, here's the structure. Here's my path forward. I need to go to school. I need to get my master's. I need to do all this sort of stuff, right? Right. And like the thinking brain. Right. How does someone take that first step into following that right. intuition? Um, well, I think that first step is probably unique to everybody. So um, I think in general, it would be very helpful to have some sort of contemplation practice around it. When we get still and silent, it's a lot easier to listen to our intuition, however that information might come, either a thought. Um, you know, being in the logical mind is, is a very important part of the human experience. So um, I am here as an advocate for both. We need that logical structure. Um, we need the knowledge seeking and the research. And we need the art of the intuition and the feelings and the expression and the allowing and receiving. Both are important. So if you are stuck in your mind and you've always just kind of been out in your logical mind and you're, you're new to this, definitely getting still and silent in some way, whatever is accessible for you. Even if it's just like sitting in your car for five or 10 minutes before you go into the house, just allowing things to settle, no music, no podcast, just, just seeing what your body is feeling like, seeing what your mind is thinking about and your heart is feeling. Um, starting there is very basic and I feel like accessible to most people. Um, and meditation has been a huge helpful tool for me to expand my intuition. So I am an advocate for meditation. I have a Reiki meditation library that I create meditations for. And um, you're sparking my curiosity and creativity to make an intuition one specifically. I always bring that into it, but to have one for people that maybe haven't been in touch with their intuition, make a meditation for that. Okay, noted. Right. Um, well, it's a good thing this is recorded though. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, stillness and silence. Or if you really like writing, a journaling practice, just asking yourself or your higher self or your God or whoever you conceptualize as like the bigger part of you, um, you know, ask for their help. Like, hey, like I really want to tap into all parts of me. 
or even if you are in the logical brain and that's all you can conceptualize right now, like we don't use most of our brain, right? So like, okay, better parts of the brain that I haven't touched yet. Like, what do you want to tell me today? And just start writing, free writing, allowing yourself to step back, um, to think about what's next and allowing just words to come out. See what happens, play with it, be playful with it, open with it, have fun with it. Um, but those are probably the easiest ways to get in. Um, if you have a prayer practice, you know, it's similar to meditation. So if you have a prayer practice, that's a wonderful place to start opening up, you know, your connection to your own spirit with the greater energy, greater source, God. Um, and then allowing yourself to be more present in your life. And, you know, ask for a sign. Like, if I'm on the right track, let me see a, a blue duck or something like that. And you'll be shocked to see your particular activating system working for you and bringing that blue duck into your environment. And then you can kind of see to believe like, oh, okay, there's something to this. Let me play some more. So just start off simple, play, be playful with it, be fun with it, and just follow your curiosity wherever that might lead is probably my best advice. Mm, love that. Yeah. Love that. Um, well, something that I like to do is everyone has, you know, it's like it's a quick rapid fire type of questions on podcasts. I'm more of the opposite. Mm. I want to take a break and, and I, a proverbial ice bath, if you will. Yeah, um, nice. So we'll just kind of chill for 30 seconds, just kind okay. of process everything, integrate everything. Yeah, integrate it. And then afterwards, I'll allow you to ask me a question. Cool, okay. And then we'll go from there. Okay. Awesome. Anything that comes to mind? Well, I'm curious how you feel about your intuition. Do you feel like you're intuitive? Do you do any growth around intuition? How do you play with your intuition if you do it all? Yes. Yeah. Um, I do. Yeah. It's, it's an amazing game to yeah. play. <laughs> I, I really, so like connecting a couple ideas, intuition and flow. Mm. Um, I really feel... I guess when I'm in, when I'm following my intuition, I'm in flow. Yes. So it's like, hey, there's, like you said, it's, I feel intuition, like you said, in, it's a gut feeling. Yeah. And I can, I've gotten better for myself at recognizing what is intuition and what is not intuition. Panic. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, or panic yeah. like, What's a trauma response <laughs> versus what is like, oh, this is an impulse I need to follow. Yeah. Exactly. Right. And like, I, I can actually, I can, I feel like I can feel, uh, thoughts from my stomach mm -hmm. and from the gut and thoughts from my head and it's like the ego talking yeah and you know um or my pride or whatever else and so I, I feel like i've gotten better and it's still obviously a long process yeah um but I, I definitely feel that okay the more that i i can feel something from my stomach follow it right um definitely seeing signs i think when i have when I see two of something, I'm like, okay, do this. Yeah. Um, it's like maybe I saw someone's post on LinkedIn and then mm -hmm. like maybe a little bit later I saw like, uh, you know, in person something that they were mentioning. Okay, I got to sign up for that workshop. Right, yeah. Um, or um, maybe I see someone's like license plate and oh, then yeah. I see something else like in a book. Right. I'm like, oh, okay, like I got to do this, whatever I was thinking about. Um, I love writing things I, I so on my whiteboard i and journal i write a question and then leave blank space mm. and then potentially even some uh bullet points as well mm. but just bullet points or little dots yeah and then so i'll do that towards the evening towards the night and then let that be one of the final thoughts that i have going to bed oh, i love that and then when i wake up 
usually within 24 hours, there'll be something that I think of or something that I see like, oh, this, this is the answer that I was looking for. Yeah. I um, love that process. Yeah. So it's like, it's a very, um, but like, but the more that I think of it, the less likely it is to happen. The more that I think right. of it in my brain, right. the, I feel like the less likely it is to happen in real life, or at least uh, there's more delay right. in it happening. So it's like really just letting go. Letting go. The trust in following your intuition has been a huge lesson for me. Um, following an impulse with detachment, putting an intention out there with detachment and trust um, is so hard when you're first doing it. But I think when you're attaching it to your true core essence, your deepest why, um, it's easier because you do trust it. Cause you're like, I am fully embodied that I know this is the core value of mine. And if I let this intention go and it doesn't play out the way I think it should, I have a greater trust that whatever's better than that. My little human brain can contemplate here. Um, is best. And then you don't have all those like strings of attachment. Like what if this client doesn't sign or what if this deal doesn't go through or what if I never find a referral partner? Or, what if I never find a relationship partner or whatever the you know, major thing is you're, you're spending a lot of energy worrying about. Um, I feel like it's easier when you're, when you're really grounded in your why to be able to trust and be in flow more and allow yourself the field of possibility to meet you in ways that maybe you couldn't think about initially. Yeah. Like yeah. even like for me, it's another instance is like a calendar. Mm -hmm. I'm just putting stuff on the calendar when I'm in my more intuitive, mm. I guess, feelings. Mm -hmm. And when I'm in that state, I'm like, okay, let me just put something on the calendar. And more often than not, that thing, if I, especially if I let go and that yep. detachment, then I'll look back and be like, oh, wow, that happened. Right. Like exactly what I put on the calendar. Right. Um, like, I think yeah, what I shared at the uh, the summit about me like, like uh, writing the resignation yes, letter for my full-time job. Yes, that was the best synchronicity wild story. And I, I loved it. Yes. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, like, it's you're just following those and writing writing mm -hmm. is a great way for me to get into flow and then i i feel like that's a way for me to reduce my like mental state from yeah. what is a beta to or gamma to to theta the, yeah it's like yeah. eventually yeah yeah it's so like if i can reduce my brain frequency yeah into all right what is the calmest i can get to so i can receive and right. essentially remove all the noise so that there's signals i think the signal's always there yeah it's just we got to tune to it. Yeah. We got to put our dial tune to, to it. it and then remove all the noise that's yeah. out there. Yes. Um, and if we can follow that, follow that, then I think that's, that's part of it. Oh yeah. Um, it, it, I guess related to that in, in your opinion and experience, what, what, I guess, what's your take on this more and more information overload that's mm -hmm. going on, whether it's social media or news or anything like that and how that's impacted our intuition or specifically for you, in your case? Well, I think, I mean, I think tools like that, more information, internet, AI, apps, social, blah, 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 blah. They, are, they can be out there. And I think the most evolved people can use those tools in a way that benefits them and creates more love and joy and peace and connection in the world. Um, but the opposite is also true. Like I can go down an Instagram rabbit hole for a good solid hour with not really bringing a lot of consciousness to it. I'm like, Oh God, I was just on Instagram for like so long. Oh my gosh. Um, so they're definitely distractions. I mean, they definitely are. And, um, you know, the kids going to school now and they're memorizing dates and facts. I'm like, why are we doing this? We got the internet, like, and not to take that for granted at all. Like, the internet might not be like that. You know, we need to have a base knowledge, but it's like, how can we bring our full selves, our intuition, our energy, our logical, thoughtful, reasonable brain to use these tools in a way that, um, you know, moves everybody forward and, and more together rather than numbing out. I think that's, you know, the amount of stuff out there to numb out probably hasn't changed. Like humans can always just sit there and try to numb out. Um, but it's how are we using the tools that we have? I mean, I feel like right now the conversation's all around AI and 
um, you know, should we do this and is it ethical and it's going to, you know, get rid of all these jobs and that might happen. Um, and it probably is already happening, obviously, but um, it's like, okay, so this is what it is. How can we then adapt and change and grow and think outside of the box and use these tools in a way that brings more jobs in and creates new industries and, and that kind of contract contraction and expansion always is happening. And I think um, information overload, apps, technology advancements, all of that just contributes to that general pulsing energy of a, of a universe expanding, basically. It's like, how are we gonna adapt to it though? Yeah, and I and think- what that... are the intentions by it, right? Like, um, you know, you can use money for really good things or really terrible things. Like you can use the internet for wonderful things and really terrible things. You can use AI for wonderful things and absolutely horrible things. So the intentions, where the influence you're under when you're using these tools, I think it's just absolutely foundational in everything. Yeah, I think they're all, it's just like a knife, right? It's just like, yeah, it can be used yeah. as a tool or a weapon. Right. Right. And every other thing that you mentioned right, right there. Right. It's just so I don't think it fundamentally. There's like obviously consequences and impacts, like you mentioned, um, but I think it's only as good as the people right. using it. Well, and it's a catalyst for change, too. Like right. our society, yes, is numbing out a good amount, I would say. Like there's a lot of terrible things happening. We're always knowing about them everywhere, all over the world. We've got a lot of crises, a lot of inequities, a lot of things to wrestle with. And um, this could exacerbate it, but it could also be the catalyst for us to be like, oh, whoa, I really need to get still. I really need to have some self healing tools. I really need to have community. So ooh, I'm having chills. community support in real life um, because of all of this. So it could be if we choose to take it that way, a catalyst for more growth and expansion and love and connection um just like any micro thing did like the postpartum depression in my life was a horrible experience at the time but now i've used it to fuel more growth and consciousness and, and awareness and closeness with my family so um you know we have the same ability to do this with all these tools it's like will we take this challenge i mm, love that yeah just yeah i think like AI and intuition, it's, I think it'll, like you said, I think, it, I feel like it's a catalyst to leaning, allowing us to lean more into our intuition. Yeah. Because it takes away some of the stuff that, let's say, was robotic or mechanic. Right. Um, about, like, you know, rote memorization or about information um, gathering. Right. Or information acquisition. And then, so, like, if all the information is there, then that means there's more strategy or more intuition that is reliant from humans. Yeah, exactly. So I think it's if we can use that in that way, right. it'll allow us to lean in, in more into right. our intuition. Right, grow those, yeah, grow those tools that we really have neglected in this kind of generation, these past few generations. I mean, our ancestors were very connected to their intuition because it's like all they had. <laughs> and then we like reverse to the way opposite spectrum. So I'm wondering if this could be a balance of yes, these tools are very useful and helpful and we still need our humanness, our emotions, our intuition, our, our ability to have critical thinking to meet in the middle for the greatest good. Hmm. Something I just thought about. I think it's like artificial intelligence is like what we maybe, like it's almost getting to a point where we can automate this artificial intelligence yeah. to a point where it's everything that a rational human mind knows. Right. It's maybe the real intelligence instead of artificial is our intuition. Exactly. So we're like combining the two. Yeah. yeah. Yes. <laughs> um, I, I'm curious, to, switching topics a little bit, what do you, I guess so you've mentioned fiery um, yeah. as an adjective uh, to describe some of the things um, that you are passionate about. Yeah. Um, in addition to human design and Reiki and all the practices, is there anything that maybe I don't know where people in your circle, uh, in social circles, may not know about that you feel fiery about? I bet they know just because at this point, <laughs> I'm really more embodied. I'm not as scared to express things that maybe initially I was scared. Um, definitely my intuition and playing with that. Um, you know, not everybody in my circle knows how I use my intuition and, and how I practice it almost every day. And, and my broader spiritual concepts that have changed and grown um, that. And 
I mean, it's pretty out there, but I'm obsessed with creativity. I, I think that's a magical way to use your intuition too. So anything around creativity, I'm just all over. Um, art, I just feel this need to create um, art. I always have. I, I lack the skills to actually make it like a thing, but I have that need. I'm calling that in right now as like more of a creative artist practice. Um, and I mean, again, this is probably out there, not a shocker, but I have a very deep sense of justice and equity and making sure we have community care as well as self-care. Um, and, you know, I don't think that's a shocker. I've been like that since I've been little, like, this is not fair and you need to let him know and whatever. Um, but just a sense of speaking up for people that don't have as loud of a voice as maybe I do. Um, I have an open throat chakra uh, in human design, so I am called to, to do this as well. But how are my practices benefiting the greater good? How is my spending my money benefiting the greater good? How is, um, you know, my impact in the world going as far and as wide and as fair and as inclusion, you know, inclusive as possible, I think is, um, you know, those things are always in my mind if they're not spewing from my mouth. They're always mm. in my heart. Yeah. So like some of those systems that you mentioned and are there any, like if there was some things that you had to change or like modify or adjust about these support systems that are currently there or when you were growing up or that are currently around you right now, what are some of the things that, that come to mind? Like, Hey, like I would propose changing this. I, I would, let's say if people could think differently about these sorts of things that would be mm. beneficial. I think, um, I mean, how can you pick one, right? It's just like, <laughs> sure. they're all so damaging. I think, um, you know, social justice things are such a tangled web of, of structure issues. So it's hard to say just one thing, but if every human knew how much worth they have, and how much love inside of them that they are in their core essence, no matter what deeds they've done, no matter what thoughts they've thought, no matter what actions they've taken that they regret, um, no matter what stories they're telling themselves, if they knew how loving and compassionate and creative and beautiful that they are, that that would just really solve all these problems. Because I, I heard a quote from someone else that I can't remember who it was, but like, People don't do terrible things, or even not terrible things, but just like unhelpful things because they hate other people. It's because they hate themselves. And that overflows from themselves because, you know, we get triggered by other things that are really shining a light for us of things that we could help heal inside of us. So that's why my company has changed the world from the inside out because this could be a multi pronged thing if we can come back to our true core essence of ourselves and then pour out into our communities in every single way. If every single person was able to do that and change the way they intended with their money, with their relationships, who they hung out with, where they spent their time, what jobs they were having, what businesses they might create, what impact they might have, if they were able to come from their authentic true core place, their deepest place, not the conditioned place, um, I mean, a lot of these issues would settle. Um, you know, inequities and, and income and race and um, access and inclusion and just feeling heard and seen and validated, like, then it's coming from that same place of, like, self-hatred and denial and, you know? Yeah. How has that impacted any of your parenting? Oh, my God, it's everything. Yeah. I parent them with that in mind all the time. Like, probably too seriously, honestly. Like, get a grip. Like, I need to take myself way less seriously as a mom. I think I'm, I'm doing better. I'm doing better. But that's a work in progress. I also have a Capricorn moon, which I feel like contributes to some of this. But, um, yeah, I mean, I'm looking at these world changers, basically, is how I look at them. And, like, how can I provide um, a rich environment for them to be able to express their feelings find their true self, um, explore it and make mistakes in a safe place, in a safe way, have experiences that contribute to their growth. Um, 
so they can show up with less conditioning, less, you know, self-harmful stories in their mind and in their hearts about what's right and what's wrong and really come from their true self. Um, I, that's like my major goal is to just provide an environment for them to be able to do that so they can grow into adults with control, with money, with time, with that can contribute to the unfolding of greater equity and, and justice and joy and, and freedom and love in the world. Hmm. What's been one of your, any past limiting beliefs that you've had? Oh my gosh, we don't have enough time for this. <laughs> I still got them too, right? No. Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, what category would you like? Parenting? Uh, <laughs> um, sure. Myself, just personally. Yeah. Um, I, I thought I was not disciplined. I thought um, bad feelings were bad. I thought I was a bad person for having negative feelings. Um, I have had to unlearn so many things about social justice issues. That is like a whole thing. I, I uh, work with Brownicity with Dr. Lucretia Berry. She's one of my friends now. And she has helped me unearth and unlearn a ton of stuff around race and, and racism and, and all of that. Um, just that I can't do things like, you know, like, oh, I, I can't do that because of fill in the blank. I'm a mom. I can't do that because I'm a mom. Well, let me check that real quick. I can start a business when I'm a mom. I can create structure around that. I, you know, I can't afford this because of whatever. Um, well, maybe if I just reorganize some of my finances, I, I can channel money towards this. Um, the squad was one of those things. All of last year, I was like, oh, I can't, I can't do the squad. I ain't got that money right now. I just can't do the squad. And then it just became abundantly clear that like I needed to have that networking and community and learning and support and all of that. And, um, you know, we've been, my husband and I have been self-financing my company up until now. Now it's profitable. We don't have to do that as much, but like, um, I went to him and I was like, it is, I am like actively leaving money on the table. I'm actively leaving support on the table. I'm actively leaving training, blah, 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 all the benefits of being in a networking group like that. And he's like, okay, let's just, we'll prioritize that and you know, we'll move around some other things. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. like those things like previously was just is not doable. And then all of a sudden it becomes clear. Um, when you take some of those, you know, veils off and some of the conditioning off and really challenge your thoughts around something. Mm -hmm. One second. Still recording. We're good. But um, yeah, I think the first step is like my grandma always said, the more I know, the less I know. And then that's kind of been my motto. Like the more I learn, the less I truly think I really know. So when I'm really sure about something I know, I'm like, hmm, let me do a quality control check on that. Let me see if that's actually true and and hold the possibility that I can be wrong, mm -hmm. you know, and yeah. then fact check myself. <laughs> yeah it's yeah it's yeah when i really know something it's like it's like the there's i think the dunning kruger effect yeah uh, it's like the curve of like learning and how i forgot what the axes are but like your confidence and your knowledge it's like goes up and then it's like oh i know i know everything about it yeah. and then you're like the you're value like, of oh, despair. I know nothing about yeah. it yeah and then it's like okay it's, it's a gradual it's right. a gradual climb back up too yeah okay i know more about it but now i know what i don't know yeah exactly yeah yeah um, thank you for sharing all the, yeah. the limiting beliefs and like the stuff that, you know, that you've had to unlearn. And I think everyone's going through that process. Mm -hmm. Um, or, you know, I can speak for myself. I'm going through a lot of that as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Journaling has helped talking to people. Um, crying is a great way for me. Crying is a wonderful way. Yeah. I, I didn't know it was, uh, it was so cathartic yeah. for the, the last like one, two years. Yeah. I just use it as uh, an immense, like an amazing tool. Well, and how many times have I held in a cry it, for good reasons, for good, quote unquote, good reasons, bad reasons, appropriate in my limited view of what I think is appropriate. Now I just let it go anytime. It's like these tears need to come out. And I, the more I stifle, the sicker I'm going to feel like just let it out more clarity, more peace. Yeah. Mm, yeah. It's like when I left the day that I left my job, 
um, I was in the car and the walk back and I put my stuff in the car and then immediately after I got into the driver's seat, just it, it was bald. Yeah. 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 Um, Closure. It, it was a big transition out of life. It's so many feelings that can't be held in your body, right? Like just have to come out. I mean, your tears release so much too. Like literally the fluids have so many things that need to be released for you to be able to come back to a, a natural relaxed state in your nervous system. So yeah, I think that's really clarifying really. Yeah. And, and really just talk, like you said, talking to people. I mean, I, I talk to a therapist once a week. <laughs> I meditate every day. Um, I talk to myself all the time and <laughs> friends and, um, you know, coaches and mentors and how can I surround myself with a good support system that can help me fact check myself and, and expand my horizons and hearts around it. Yeah. Yeah. I think just being open and vulnerable and I, well, and then, uh, I'll somehow sometimes have intuition about, oh, I feel like I'm going to cry today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, you and can then, feel it coming. Yeah. yeah it's like, I'm, I'm holding back something. Yeah. And then it's like, let's let it go. Let it all out. Yeah. Release it. It's like, oh, that's why I needed that cry. Yeah. yeah. yeah like re I think the most recent one I had was I finished watching The Good Place. On, oh, on I never saw that. Yeah, it's a pretty good show. Is well, it? I, yeah. I watched it for a while, yeah. like the first season, and then. I uh, restarted it recently because, you know, one of, some of my friends have mentioned it. Yeah. It's so like, all right, let me watch. Let me finish this out. And then towards the end, I was like getting emotional. Yeah. And then I had like, you know, could feel a lump in my throat yep. when I was watching it. And then later that night, I was just in the mirror, just like staring at myself yeah. into my soul. Yeah. And then like, I don't even know why, but I just started crying. Yeah. I was like, I needed that. You needed it. It was coming out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. We need to normalize that crying, mm. normalize crying. <laughs> I was like that with the Ted Lasso um, finale. And I thought that was a cute show and all of that. I didn't expect the whole episode. It was like tears were dripping. I was like, <gasps> you know, I'm like, wow, I really needed that. You know, who <laughs> knows what was rolling into that watching that finale. But um, yeah, we got to we, we gotta. Stop restricting our feelings like that. I think that's kind of this generation's lesson as a whole is like, how can we come into being in touch with our feelings and use them as tools instead of shaming devices? Yeah, love that. Is there, um, as we wrap up here, is there anything that we haven't touched on? Well, I'm sure there's a lot of stuff, but <laughs> that you'd like to share um, or about your businesses, about you know what you're doing that you'd like to put out there? Yeah. Um, well, my business is crafting good and I offer Reiki meditation in the library, but also custom one-on-one um, -on -one mentoring engagements where I use these tools like Reiki meditation and human design um, and contemplation to help reorganize your energy and, and get yourself really into a flow state, right? Really into your authentic self and making decisions from that place instead of from the usual kind of rat race automatic place. Um, and yeah, I've got a workbook out there. I, I love human design. I just feel like it's really a supportive tool. It gives visuals and language around some of these subjects that are so kind of esoteric sometimes and really ambiguous. It helps clarify that I'm a visual learner too. So it gives me a lot of good visual input for some of these and, and ways to talk about it. So if anyone is interested in that, I'm here for them. I am no human design guru or expert, but I've been on uh, using this tool for years and have gotten so much clarity and really have seen wild results in my clients. And so it's just, you can't not do it type of a thing. So, um, so yeah, it's really exciting me. I feel very on purpose with that business. It feels very kismet and aligned and has really, um, you know, taken off this year because I have made difficult decisions within the business of what I'm going to offer and putting myself out there, busting my own limiting beliefs around a lot of stuff, putting myself out there. And so, um, you know, with the help of mentors and, and coaches and consultants and support systems, I've been able to create, you know, offers that feel good for my capacity and that my clients also enjoy. And, and I was telling Jessica Lackey the other day, yesterday, actually, like, it just cracks me up that this like stuff is working now. Like I set a very aligned marketing plan and it's working. I set a very aligned sales flow and it's working. I've set 
um, aligned offers that feel good, like as far as the price goes and, and the offering goes, and it's working. And I'm like, dang, yeah, okay. <laughs> Love that. There's something to this, you know, being in your true authentic self, knowing your extreme core, deepest why, making decisions from that place unapologetically, no matter what the shoulds are, no matter what the marketing experts are telling you and everyone, all these experts and gurus are telling you, like really feeling in your worth about the decisions you're making about all of these ways you're expressing your energy, your money, your time, your effort, blah, 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 your relationship. So um, yeah, that's what came out. I don't know. <laughs> Love that. <laughs> I'm sure there's much more I could blabber about, but yeah, um, yeah Crafting Good feels very aligned and exciting right now. So, and I am taking on new clients in various ways. So if people are interested, they can definitely reach out. Perfect. I'll, I'll include those in the show notes and yeah. everything. Okay. Um, well, this is awesome. Amazing time. Yeah, thank amazing. you so much. This is such a generous offering you give where people can just really speak about heart things and, and deep related topics. And so I appreciate you. <laughs> I, well, I appreciate you, your time and energy. Um, and don't stop being your authentic self. <laughs> oh, I'm going to try not. I try not every day. Yeah. <laughs> you too. Yeah. Appreciate the time. Um, and thanks for listening to and watching to another episode of the Casually Profound series in Size Size podcast. See you next time.